defends from dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby League. Rugby League. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the SC Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Joining me today is the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Um, yeah, nothing much to complain about. Um, just just enjoying week-to-week footy, getting closer to finals, so it's exciting times. And, um, yeah, looking forward to see how things pan out. How'd the side go on the weekend? It was, it's a funny year, isn't it? Like we've, we've chatted about it off air, but I scored 1,230. Um, I felt like I had a pretty good week. I had I did have to play Tommy Talao and Jerome Luai. I was sort of pretty happy with Luai going in, but he didn't get much ball. Clearly just ran the show to the absolute max. Sivo was a bit quiet again. He's been a dagger in my side for about a month now since I brought him in. But I ended up – I dropped a 1,000 spots off the back of that, and I thought, gee, this is a tough year for everyone but yourself, mate. So <laughs> I'm just trying to establish <laughs> some pride at the moment, and I've set my side up to the point or I'm pretty happy with it, to be honest. Um, once I make these couple of trades this week, I won't be far off what I want. Um, I've had to hold on to a couple of guys just to cover for injuries and all the rest. But maybe we'll just, I might make a few semi-funky trades this week. Nothing too crazy, but a little bit out of the box just to try chase a bit of extra glory. I'm sitting top 12% at the moment, so I want to at least get into the top 10. And as I said, salvage a bit of pride for 2020, but it's been a tough ride. But, uh, mate, the footy's good, so that's the important thing. That's it, mate. It has been a very funky year. And then joining us from up north, some say he's the smartest rugby league mind in Queensland. It might just be me, but I'm sure I've heard it elsewhere. <laughs> he's been off on a little stint, but he's back. Walson Carlos, how are you, mate? Hey, yeah, good boys. Thanks for the, thanks for the intro. But uh, <laughs> that's, it's been a while. Um, I'm, I'm keen to get into some uh, Supercoach chat tonight. And yeah, see, um, Timmy, get your uh, team be right up there so you get you on the right track for uh, winning that 50K, mate. Mate, you're uh, you're letting real life and uh, actual real employment get in the way of your super coaching, and I'm just not sure that the uh, the super coach community are okay with that. Nah, it's been a bit like this. <laughs> it's probably a bit of a hangover from last year too. Like this time last year was obviously right in the mix and um, living and breathing every little bit of super coach that I could get. Um, whereas this year I can only fit in one podcast a week, and that's um, the SC playbook, obviously. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just focusing on uh, my two draft leagues, which are two cash draft leagues that I'm in this year, and I'm right up there in the mix um, for those in the top five. Uh, and I've also, yeah, I'm in about ten cash leagues um, for my actual classic team, and I've, I've I've bummed out of about half of them, but half of them I'm still a chance of making the top eight and making a run at the cash. So uh, that's been my focus. But yeah, like I said, Timmy, all the focus is your side, mate. Up to thirty second, I think it is now. Yeah, that's it, mate. The the mighty Kuma Stallions fourteen thirty last week, so it was a good week up to thirty second. Um, so the nerves are starting to get a little bit real. Sort of all year it's been a, a bit of a case. I've been up and thereabouts, the, the top 50 or top 100, and I haven't worried about it too much. But now with five or six rounds, whatever it is, we've got to go. It's sort of getting a little bit realistic, but I'm not going to get too worried or, or too focused on until I become sort of top 10 and really get within uh, reaching distance. But anyway, enjoy while we last. So I'll be leaning on, on you, Walsh and uh, Desi, to, to see me through it from here. <laughs> 
Um, quick shout out to the SC Playbook Group. Currently have five teams ranked in the top 36. The White Wombats, coached by Bronco, is the new leader of our group. Um, he's, he's been on, on the tail of the leaders all year, and he's finally got himself up there, and I think he's pretty stoked about it. Um, so good to see from him. <laughs> Guys, we're going to get into a, a really interesting topic tonight that the diehard supercoach know all about and look into a fair bit, but probably for the more regular players, they don't look into them as much. Uh, it is antipods, which we bring up a fair bit on the SC Playbook podcast. Um Basically, what an antipod is, we all look at pods, which are obviously the low ownership players to set you apart from the rest of the, the super coach competition. Antipods is looking at guys that might be owned by 70 or 80% of super coaches, you know, your Payne Hasses, your Jason Taumalolos, these sort of guys. And it's looking at selling them um, in the chance that they have a few off weeks and then that becomes the pod play in itself. Other ones, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when 100% of people were just about captaining James Tedesco, well, you'd antipod it. You'd go the antipod move and go um, captain Caelan Ponger or someone like that. Um, and it all comes off the back of Payne Haas, who's now out for two weeks. So probably not a major antipod play as such as people will be looking to sell now that he's two weeks gone. Um, but, Spy, I'll start with you. What are you doing with Payne Haas? Um, and are there any antipod plays or guys that you're looking at in the run home? Yeah, mate, it's it's a really interesting one. Um, firstly, with Haas, I'm personally holding just for the two weeks. The thing is, it's going to be different for every squad, right? So, personally, I've got a, a target to bring in Madison, Angus Crichton, and Smith when they're both back. So, I don't want to be using my trades on trading Haas out and then potentially getting him back because I want to leave myself a couple of trades for those last few weeks. Questions you need to ask yourself are, do you want him back? It's fine to sell him if you don't want him back because I, I'd have to check, but maybe he comes back for, what, three or four weeks, but... He, he'll be freshened up a bit and he could be in for some big, big scores with the way he looked on the weekend and the decimated Broncos squad. He might be back straight into his big minutes. The other thing is how many trades do you have left compared to when you're eyeing off the players that you want. So I've got about six trades left after this week, something like that, and there's still three guys I want to bring in. So to to get rid of Haas, cause Haas is a bit questionable. But for me, the big reason I didn't get rid of him is because I don't have any dual front row, second rowers as it stands, which is a bit of a silly play, actually. I didn't sort of think that far ahead, and I was aiming to get someone in there, but injuries just haven't allowed it. So that means to trade, to trade Payne Haas – there's a lot of options in the front row who I don't really want, to be honest. I already own Clemmer and Carrigan. I'm very happy with those guys. But I don't have the ability to flip down and vide your position, get a gun back rower or a fullback or centre. If I did, I'd probably look to sell Haas. Um, but I think that's something to consider as well. The other thing is I've got some reasonable cover as of this week. So if you can cover Haas, maybe you just hold on for those couple of weeks. Um, and my final point I've written down here is if you're in the top 50, though, maybe yourself, mate, and we haven't really, we actually haven't chatted about it yet. So I'll be interested in your thoughts. But certainly at this stage of the year, you've got to throw the kitchen sink at everything and just have a crack at winning it so i'll be interested in your thoughts mate yeah well you nailed it in that it's based on how your team's set up um, particularly with those dual positions second row forward front row forward players it's sort of forced my hand that i think i'll have to trade him because i've got depth in every position except the front row i've currently got two nuffs on my bench and i was running with hass and carrigan um so i saw this coming from a while away and figured that i might have to trade 
I have um, a stack of dual second row front rows, but they're all in the front row. Um, none of them are in the second row at the moment. So um, I think I'll probably have to trade Payne Haas. And the fact that it will be a bit of an antipod play, you know, I, I don't mind doing it. And there is some upside to it. What does worry me now is that, you know, we've got Matt Lodge gone, Tommy Flegler gone, all these Broncos forwards, Tavita Pangai Jr. So when he does come back, I think he has to play big minutes, especially now he'll have had two weeks to freshen up. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll probably have to sell, and we'll get into a few of the options later on. But, yeah, whilst what are you doing with Payne Haas firstly? And were there any times last year where you, you went with any big antipod plays towards the back end of the season? Uh, it's hard to remember. It was so long ago. But yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there was, you know, there was players that I left out, um, and particularly, you know, when Des and I were, were chatting to each other, it was just based on, you know, philosophically who we thought, you know, would go better, I guess, or like, you know, what we, we were predicting. So um, I know he, he rode uh, Mitchell Moses through the highs and um, I just couldn't have him last year and um, to a certain degree it probably cost me. But in um, Haas uh, at the moment, uh, I think, I'll probably keep him, but it's mine's not a good example because I'm not in the running um, for what's going on. But one of the things you've got to consider, Timmy, is having a look at the front row prospects. I mean, there's not uh, – at some stage throughout the year, I was thinking you could probably run with four front row prospects, but now just the way the season's played out and the upcoming draws and and that sort of thing, I mean, I think it, there's a lot of a lot of the options that were looking good are quite risky. Like, so for instance, if you look at Papali, um, he could get rested a lot, like he did on the weekend. I mean, they got up a lot. He didn't come back on for his second stint. So instead of playing his 65 minutes, him, uh, I'd have to have a look at what he played. But I think he certainly played 45 minutes. Yeah. So there you go, 45 yeah. minutes. And I mean, that's a great matchup against the Bronx. So, and Canberra have a really soft draw. So you, you can expect that, um, you know, Ricky Stewart will be looking to rest those players because they've had a fairly torrid season without the origin period and buys and things like that. So, um, and then you have a look at through the other, I mean, Dave Clemmer's probably the most solid, but with, with minimal upside, um, Junior Paulo, can be a bit hit and miss, but he's a decent pod. Regan Campbell-Gillard's gone off the boil somewhat. Um, I think TKO becomes a little bit irrelevant now that Flanagan comes back and takes the kicking off him. So all of those options that were there are suddenly not looking as, as good, if that makes sense. Absolutely it does. And it's, it's really hard because I've been so happy just to stick with, obviously, Haas, but I'm happy to stick with Carrigan um, all season and not worry about that third front rower. Didn't want one on my bench. And I'm looking at them now. Two weeks ago, I was, yes, I'd love to have Papali. I'd love to have Fanua Blake. Um, Takiaho's kicking goals. I'd love to have him. All of a sudden now, the, the options are so limited and none of them are appealing to me. Papali's the one I've raved about all season and I've said I want to get in the back end of the year. Um, but it's also come with the risk of, you know, the limited minutes in these easier matchups. So, you know, as a Raiders fan, I don't I, I hope that they obviously have these blowout wins. But for Papali, if I do jump onto that ship, which I, I probably will going forward, uh, it is a huge concern. The only good thing is the Raiders aren't really blowing sides out of the park this year. The Broncos last weekend was probably a bad example because it was the Broncos. Um, but 
they're in that fight for fourth position at the moment with the Roosters, so they need to win games. So as long as the game's on the line or thereabouts, Papa's going to have to play big minutes. Um, so that's one thing that leads me towards him. And then Junior Paulo, even his minutes have been down the last couple of weeks, so it's, it does make it tough. Spy, uh, any antipod plays or players on your radar? Yeah, I've jotted down a, a few guys, boys, who I think you really don't want to antipod. I think that's Jason Taumalolo. <clears throat> Maybe you can do him later in the year if his minutes drop off. But at the moment, he's a centerpiece of the new Cowboys attack under Hannay. So I think you want to keep him. Isaiah Yo is a bit of a must at the moment. Everyone's got him, but he's just punching out big scores. Cleary's a must if you own him. I wouldn't be... I think you need to try and get him in as well. He's just – everything's running through him. Similar to that is Ponga. Newcastle have a brilliant run, and with with Blake Green in their side, Ponga's role is so much better from a footy perspective. He's now running and passing, and he's in the positions he wants to be. He actually, in terms of football, had a bit of a shocker on the weekend for – parts of that game where his passing was a bit off uh, but he ended up setting up the match winner and he could have easily gone 150 plus and I think he will possibly multiple times for us this year you called that a few a few weeks ago Tim he's he's going to get better and I think Newcastle are going to hopefully peak again as the year goes on I want them to do well so I think you got to keep them outside of those guys Teddy's the obvious one where question marks have been thrown up Look, you could antipod him, but it's a huge gamble with Roosters having guys coming back. Uh, they've got Brisbane next week. They don't have too hard a run home. It'd be very, very brave to drop Teddy. I'm not saying don't do it. If you want to have a crack, you can, but just be wary. It's going to be a very tough watch because Roosters will peak towards finals. They, I think they just have to. Um, so onto the guys that I think you could possibly antipod. Sean Johnson's one. He does have a couple of nice games coming up mixed in with a couple of hard ones. He's also got that little groin niggle from the weekend, so you could make a play at moving him on if you like, um, especially this weekend against Penrith. If you're going to do it, probably do it now. Zachy Lomax is a toughie because I don't own Lomax and it's absolutely burnt me for the last few months. He has a really nice three weeks coming up, but I did check how right centers have scored against those sides and they actually defend them semi-okay, but obviously Lomax has the goal kicking as well. So I know you were thinking about that, Tim, um, of whether you need to bring Lomax back or not because so many own him up top. I think it's a really tough decision of what you want to do there because centers can score poorly at any time or score low, but obviously have the chance to explode. Outside of that, Nofaluma is definitely an option, but G's playing some nice footy, but their draw is it's tough for the rest of the year for the Tigers. So he's not going to get the ball he did against against the Bulldogs, but with his work rate, again, do you just keep him? And the other one is probably Carrigan, but now with all the injuries, he probably goes back to nearly 80 minutes. So I'll be interested in your thoughts, boys, of who you do on Antipod, but maybe it's a case of maybe picking one of them if you need to and just chasing pods elsewhere if you want to want to chase up those points. But I'll be very interested in what you have to say. Yes, yeah, I, I reckon um, I've just, I just had to chime in there on that Zach Lomax one. Timmy, just get him in, mate. Like, honestly, it just he, – he, he, the, the side that wins Supercoach will have Zach Lomax in their side. Have a look at his – this this weekend, this is the greatest matchup you'll ever – like, he's a bloke who hasn't played NRL for maybe two years that he's lining up against in Jordan Kahu. Um, he will give him an absolute bath. They'll smash the Broncos, like, more than likely. Um, so he'll get a, you know, a heap of kicks. Then they play the Gold Coast. Then they play North Queensland. Um, and then, yeah, they do play Canberra, Newcastle, Melbourne. But, I mean, those three weeks in a, in and of itself is 
he's shown that he's fairly matchup proof. I think you've got to have Lomax. Yeah, it's, you've got me thinking because I was all for antipodying him. Um, I still think I will, but you, you made a good point with Kahoon, our name there. The draw's good. I, look, I still think I'm going to antipod. I've currently got in my centers Nofa, Yo, uh, K-Man, which pretty much everyone in the top 100 has. I brought in Josh Mantor last week, who was that sort of 20 to 25% ownership in the top 100, um, who's my pod in there. But if I bring in Lomax, you know, we know how similar the rest of the 17s are. There's no pod plays anywhere, and it's so hard to make up ground. You have to do it somewhere, and I want to do it with a bloke who's playing centre who can go low. I know how good he's looked and all that, but I don't really want to drop any of my other guns to pod play in the in the side. Yeah, you're in, you're in a tough predicament, but I, I, I think – that's easy for me. I'm sitting here in the cheap seats, but like I, I, I think I think those four is a solid to go through. I think if you're gonna and and it's and it's been flagged and I've flagged it since the start of the year. If you're gonna any pot anyone, I'd do Nofo. Yeah, well, that Nofo was one that I was looking at to any pod. Then he comes out and scores 134 on the weekend. I know it was against the Bulldogs, but. He's just so good. It's like, you know, maybe you go um, Nofar to Lomax, but uh, when I've already got to get rid of Haas this week, it just looks like a real sideways trade and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, I understand. Like, it's it's tough to get rid of Nofo and I'm not even sure. Like, I'm going to keep him because he's been so good to me since the start of the year and the fact that a lot of West Tigers def- uh, attack runs through him anyway, and he's not dependent on them shifting the ball out wide. He goes looking for it and and that type of thing. And some of the better teams aren't what they used to be. So, like, he plays the Roosters this weekend. Well, the Roosters' defence and their team is not is not what it was. So he's going to have some success against them and also the fact that Joey was there. So, um, yeah, you, you're in a tough spot. I'd, I'd have to have a real good hard look at your side to see whether you make up make up a difference but I think we all agree that you're going to have to take some risks and try and find um, some pods to make it up or just take some flies with the captains you know you, or just now your captains you know so yeah well that's it the um, the anti-pod player and the captains is such a good way to do it and, and that's another option but yeah a t- few tough calls to make um, and that's the other problem with uh, the front rowers and people looking to trade out Payne Haas all the front rowers, the, like the elite front row options score so similarly, so it's so hard to differentiate them and get blokes who can go 100-plus and jump you ahead of people. They're all likely going to score that 50 to 80 mark, and it's just hard to make ground up there. So I see centre wing as the place to do it. Um, whilst any antipods who caught your eye? Uh, no, I think, um, yeah, it will, be, it will be interesting to see what the top sides do with um, – with Payne Haas, uh, for sure. Um, the hooker position's interesting. Who you got at the moment at hooker, Timmy? I'm currently running with Damien Cook and McInnes. Yeah. Um, and then I can flip someone like Luciano Leilura or Cam Murray to Cam Smith when he's back. Yeah, I'm not I'm not overly sold on Damien Cook. Like I reckon that, um, you know, Jazz Tabunga – uh, is a good option as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah, that'd be the ultimate luxury trade at the moment. Going Cook to Tavanga. Um, yeah, well, that's it. I mean, like South will probably finish off the season pretty well. So yeah, 
Um, yeah, the few I had might look to be honest, the spy covered them very well. <laughs> he covered pretty well the whole topic in one hit. Um, be looking at selling Payne Haas. SJ is my top one. Uh, if Cam Munster was named this week, I'd be selling SJ. He's owned by 94% of the top 100, 81% of the top 1,000. Sharks have a few tough games on the run home. This week being a major one, I think SJ could go low this week. Throwing that groin niggle, may not kick goals. He probably will. I've just heard a few things, um, but we'll find out more about that in, later in the week. Pat Carrigan was another one with massive ownership. He's 83% of the top 100 and top 1,000, um, but he could nearly play 80 minutes now with all those Broncos injuries. So, yeah, I think if you are in a position to do it, which a lot won't be, I think SJ is the antipod play. Um, but there's plenty out there, so um, have a look at them. Guys, if you are interested in our premium content, we do have a subscription package. Uh, the price has dropped the last couple of weeks. The NRL content's down to $20, and the Big Bash slash NRL package is $30 now. Gives you stacks of extra content throughout the week. Um, gives you access to our subscriber special podcast where we guarantee we can answer your questions each week before Thursday night game. Um, and then thanks also to the people who were able to donate to the podcast and to the website during the week. Um, if anyone is interested or in a position to do that, there is a donation tab in the, the podcast article. Um, so if you can, happy days. If not, no drums at all. It'll help support the site for the future and help us to make some improvements going forward. Let's jump into the team's analysis this week. It was a nice lengthy intro, nothing wrong with that. We start off with the Eels Storm, a bit of a blockbuster game despite the Storm being a little depleted. Thursday night, 7.50 at Bankwest Stadium. At the Eels, they are unchanged. At the Storm, Sandor Oil replaces Suliasi Vunavalu on the wing. Tino Fasul Malawi starts at lock for Dale Finucane. Albert Vetti joins the bench. Halfback Jerome Hughes has been named despite a groin injury last week, although Cooper Johns in 20 is on standby for a debut if Hughes is not past fit. Spire, who takes your interest in this game, mate? Boys, not a whole lot going on here, interestingly, for such a big match. Um, Ryan Madison's obviously huge. I want Madison back in ASAP. The question is this week, he's got a massive break even, still about 140. So is it worth holding off one week against Melbourne? Hopefully drops 50 or 60 or 70K. You can pick him up very cheap next week. I'll probably do that because I've got a couple other targets in mind, but he's a huge one. He's a great player. Eels are going well. We know how good he is. Outside of that, for Melbourne, I wouldn't want to be bringing anyone in as such against Para. Uh, they're playing good footy. Melbourne's a little bit decimated, um, so I'd be very wary there. If you own guys already, that's fine. You can hold on to them, of course, and see how they go. And just a quick note back to my ex-mate, Mike Acevo. Dead set. I was that excited to bring him in. Eel's attack was sizzling, and he hasn't scored in the three weeks I've owned him. I don't even know if he's done that in his career, but tell you what, talk about daggers into the, the bloody back from Micah. That's it. You know, with uh, with Micah, he's had these low scores. You're waiting for him to ton up or hit like 130, and then all of a sudden the average over that period becomes not too bad, but he's just not doing it for you at the moment. Uh, well, so I'll get your thoughts on this one, um, and – Oh, the interesting one for me, talk about big pod plays, uh, is Fasul Malawi. Now starting at lock for Fanukan, who I believe is out for an extended period of time. Um, he pl- started at lock two weeks ago and played 70 minutes. He scored two tons in a row a couple of weeks back. Mate, any interest in him or anywhere else in this game? Yeah, there's some minor interest there. I think the biggest, uh, the player who piqued most interest in me moving forward um, as an option to finish out the season is Brandon Smith. And the reason why is Fanukin's out for six weeks. I don't think – I think there's every chance uh, when when Cameron Smith comes back, Brandon Smith goes to 
lock forward and takes up that 65 to 70 minute role that Fanukin played and um, he could rack up some pretty big numbers playing in that position. So uh, it's a bit left field. He's available in in uh, hooker and, and second row. So um, that's probably the one that piqued my interest the most. I like that gamble. Nice. Yeah, really good call because I, I wrote in my squad breakdown just earlier that as soon as Cam Smith is back, that Brandon will be an immediate trade. But it's a good point you make. I think with Big Tino, they'll probably play him as the impact player off the bench. Um, Brandon moves to lock. We've seen the last few weeks, Brandon's base stats go down at hooker because he doesn't run the ball as much. That's right, um, yeah. Yep. If he's playing lock, he's just going to rack up those runs. He's a little terrier playing big minutes. So, uh, yeah, it's a good shout. Maybe he's not. And, I mean, I wouldn't be buying because there's a lot of uncertainty there. But for people that do own, you know, he could be a hold for the rest of the season. Um, moving on, Friday 6pm at Panthers Stadium, it is Penrith versus the Sharks. At Penrith, they are unchanged from last week's win over the Warriors. At the Sharks, they're also unchanged, with Toby Rudolph named to start at lock despite reverting to the bench every week on game day. Spy, anyone here, mate? Penrith with their dream run home. We've spoken about a lot in the last few weeks, but, I mean, there's just plenty of good targets there, isn't there? Mate, Penrith's huge. I won't go in-depth on all of them, but if I go through this list, guys I'd be happy to own include Dylan Edwards, although he's in the tough fullback position, but he's going really well. Josh Mansour, Stephen Crichton, Nathan Cleary, of course. Brett Naden's a smoky, scoring some tries at the moment, but there are a couple of guys due back. So whether he goes back to the centres when the right wingers are back, I'm not sure, so he's a bit risky, but if he's a hold, he's a hold at the moment if you own him. Uh, forward pack's probably a little bit less enticing because we're not sure on minutes, but um, Appy Corosau continues to play very good footy this year, um, so well done if you held him or you got him back. But basically those Penrith outside backs and halves, um, they could be in for a dream run home, and I think they're due to hopefully get even better from a supercoach perspective. I own Crichton and Mansour and Cleary. Actually, I've still got Luai for Munster as well, so hopefully they rack up a big score on the Sharkies. And from the Sharkies, Mulatalo is still an interesting one. Um, right edge outside Sean Johnson. I wouldn't be getting him this week, but just keep an eye on him. Um, he could do some good things moving forward, but with some tougher games coming up, maybe he's he's not one to target. There might be some better options. Shawnee Johnson we spoke about already. Um, but the big one for me, lads, and I'm very, very interested in him, is Talakai in the back row there. He's available yep. in the centres, very cheap. He helps me with some other trades. And to be honest, he could be a genuine keeper in the centres um, in a volatile position with a bit of attacking upside. He's got that Conrad Harrell type build. Um, so, look, at the moment, he's probably my number one target trade this week. What do you think there? He He's really interesting, Talakai. 102 last week in 80 minutes in the back row, 56 the week before in that absolute bog against the Eels, which is Fine. There's 50 in base there, 59 in base on the weekend. Um, I'm just a little bit worried with Britton Nakora lurking on the extended bench. But I mean, John Morris came out a few weeks ago and said that he, Talakai had earned his spot. He couldn't not start him because he was playing that good of footy off the bench. So he's absolutely won that spot. Since he's come in, he's been just as good. Um, so look, the security's probably all right there. What do you reckon, Wells? Yeah, I think he's a good shout for sure. Um, I had him down as one of my major pods. He's six percent owned, I think, or six point four percent owned. So, uh, if you want to pivot away from 
um, one of those major uh, four centre wings that we spoke about, he's definitely a great option. And it looks like um, his his ba- his you know floor is somewhere around fifty five or something like that, which is more than acceptable. And if he gets some attacking stats and um, he's an explosive player, then he can go really big, like as we saw on the weekend. So um, the player that interests me is number 19 for Panthers. I think he's the ultimate pod for yep. the home, Brian Toto. So uh, I liked him earlier in the year. He was a bit expensive. He's been injured that right side. Uh, since he's dropped out of the team, Penrith have really – um, they've really sparked up, and basically anyone who plays on that right side wing is getting tries for fun. I expect that if he's fit, he comes back into the side. Tyrone May comes back, uh, goes back to fourteen. Um, Naden goes back into the centres, and he could possibly be on the end of that as well as that. He's got really good base as well because he's got tackle break ability. Yeah, I think that's. I think you've nailed it. I think that's exactly what will happen when he comes back. Hopefully, it's this week because he's four eighty five k break even of ninety six. Um, so if you can come in, hopefully not score too well, too well, get a bit of a price drop to four fifty. He could be a serious buy next week. Uh, and just on that, for anyone looking at Appy Corosia, if Tyrone May does go back to that fourteen, which he likely will, may eat into a bit of Appy's game time. But at the same time, with Penrith in the run to the finals, uh, pushing for that minor premiership, maybe they just. Claim is 80 minutes. I'm not too sure where it'll go there, but, yeah, plenty of options to look at anyway. Boys, just quickly, um, that young right winger for Penrith who did his hammy, scored six tries in, like, 90 minutes of action. Surely he's got to be a big shout to get back into the side as well. Is he any threat to Brian Toa? I don't think he is. I think Toa's the far superior player. Like, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of speed, Charlie Staines, but... um, yeah, I, I, I just think that, that just shows you how much depth Penrith have got and people have been talking about it for years and it's just finally coming to fruition. They've just got a production line of, of players. If you look to recruit um, uh, players for your team and you're in a you know mediocre team like uh, West Tigers or something like that and you've seen that they've done it with, they got young Bloor in there from Penrith that, the players you need to go after. That's the breeding ground that's producing them at the moment is is that Penner and Panthers. Yeah, um, absolutely. Mm. Broncos, Dragons, Friday, 7, 5, 55 p.m. at Suncorp Stadium at the Broncos. Just carnage up there. Payne has suspended two weeks out. Tommy Flegler's also out with a shoulder injury. Um, I assume that's for the rest of the season because he does need a reconstruction. There was talk of him playing through the injury because they're so depleted, but the fact that he hasn't been named would suggest that it probably is the season, but probably not too, uh, dare say not too many people would own Tommy Flegler anymore anyway. Joe Offerman, Gowie and Reese Kennedy form a new front row pairing. Anthony Milford returns from a hamstring injury in the halves with Brodie Croft dropped. Jordan Carr, who replaces Jesse Arthurs in the back line with Herbie Farnworth shifting to the wing. Isaac Luke starts at hooker for Jake Turpin, who's, who has a broken hand. Ethan Bullimore and Jamil Hopawade, the new faces on the pine. At the Dragons, Paul Vaughan is back from a quarantine period for a coach breach. He's on the bench, taking Tristan Saylor's spot. Uh, Spy, any interest in this one? There actually is. It's funny, Brisbane, as bad as they're going this year, they still produce super coach interest. Um, Katoni Staggs, by God, that boy can play. He caused some serious headaches for Canberra last week. Um, 
with the goal kicking there. I don't know if Jordan Kahu might kick, but Katoni Staggs has a gun. I don't think it matters who he plays or what side he's in. As long as he's getting ball, he's an option. Um, and David Fafida on his inside forms a very formidable right edge. Um, you'd have to have half an eye on Fafida if you're looking for a bit of a pod play. I'm not sure what his ownership is, but I assume it's not very high after his big injury. But that boy's got a pretty reasonably solid base, and he'll just offload and tackle bus for fun with a chance of points um, in the try scoring department so he's a huge watch for me and someone you might want to bring in and I'll give you the tip if you do bring him in it'll be pretty fun it'll certainly be an, an enjoyable ride there for Saints, um, Jordan Pereira had a big week last week. He's a great footballer, that guy. He hasn't seen much footy this year on the end of that back line, but if he gets any chances, um, he could be okay. But it's a pretty, it'd be a ballsy play to bring in a Saints winger. But the next three weeks, as we know, are pretty soft. So that's that's a huge pod play if you want to take a chance. And I just want to give a quick wrap to Cam McInnes. Since I brought him in, he's very enjoyable to own. He just, geez, a good footballer. He's unbelievable in defence. He doesn't miss tackles. He runs when given the chance. Um, he's a great footballer and a great super coach player as well. Yeah, we see how um, how the move to lock, it just gives McKinnis so many more runs, which brings in tackle breaks, a few more offloads, that sort of thing. So really, really good for his supercoach scoring, I think. Um, definitely a few enticing options at the Dragons. The only issue with Pereira for me is that uh, he plays on that left edge where he's, they just so much of the Dragons attacking ball goes to Zach Lomax and it's warranted because he's playing such good footy. Um, but I just question how much attacking ball and opportunity he will get. But look, if the Broncos are play, play how they have been playing, particularly now with a few more forwards out, um, they're going to get opportunities on both edges. Uh, whilst I'll go to you, and I mean, Dave Fafita, he's a guy that I'm looking at going Luciano to him this week. I can make about 80K from it. Fafita, 80 and 79 in his two weeks since returning. His base stats are around 40 to 45, which is nowhere near the elite back rowers, but we know what he can do with the ball in hand. Uh, are you looking at him? I, th- I think you've got to get him in, boys. Um, I think he's almost a must for the run home, just just his attacking upside and just the fact that um, the Broncos are so decimated that they need him. They, they, they actually, a lot of their attack runs through those two players um, that you're talking about, Fafita and Katoni Staggs. That's why they're both solid options. Um, but I mean, geez, what can you say about the Bronx? Like, they're just in disarray. I mean, uh, even I was just talking to my wife about it the other. Like, she she even mentioned it, and she didn't talk too much about footy, but she just said, <laughs> "Can you believe like season I've had?" And I said, "Not in your not in your worst nightmares. If you're a Broncos supporter, would you believe that have a season like this? It's just been." Uh, it's almost like someone's cursed them. It's been that bad. I. I, I you know, like every time you watch NRL 360s, there's just something else and something else and then someone's injured and now Flegler's injured. So, um, yeah, it's just been a season from hell for the Bronx. But, uh, yeah, uh, from 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 a supercage point of view, I think for Fida, um, I think you can look at Stags, but I wouldn't be rushing to get him in just because of how poor the, the Bronx are going. Um, obviously, I've, I've talked about Lomax. I think he's a great option. Uh, Pereira... Is a really good pot option, really, really good pot option. Um, but um, you need for him to get those points. You actually need um, Dufty to get back into his cutout passing game. You know, he was doing that a couple of weeks back, or you know, probably about a month back, where he'd get the ball and he'd do that long cutout pass to the left hand side. That's what you need because he needs to get a few tries um, to go with those tackle breaks. His base is enormous, but. Um, his upside is is in 
getting some tries on that left-hand edge. And he, and he won't get ball. He won't get tries. He's going to very rarely get tries that are passed to him from you and Aiken. You know, Cam, Cam Mamar is going to have this issue. <laughs> He's going to have this issue next year. He, he, he doesn't pass too often, Aiken. So. It's, a, mm. it's a tough spot, that outside glue hands, Aiken. But he, um, it, it makes Aiken a good option because he gets so much ball. He runs it every time. He busts tackles. He's looking good, Aiken. So Desi caught him out of the pod months ago and he um, he's delivered for him. So he's another one to look at if you're keen on Dragons outside backs. Um, at... Moving on, Titans Raiders, 3 p.m., Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. At the Titans, Anthony Don and Philip Sammy are back from injury. Young Tonamapia shifts to centre for Dale Copley and Corey Thompson to the reserves. Jai Arrow is out with Jared Wallace starting. Mo Fodawaka shifts to lock. Sam Stone's been called up on the bench. Kevin Proctor has been named pending a trip to, ju- to the judiciary tonight. Uh, at the Raiders, Hudson Young is named to return in the starting lock role with Ryan Sutton reverting to the interchange. Um... Very harsh on Corey Thompson. I thought he was good last weekend. He can't take much of a trick, trick that bloke. If he's not in the best, the back five of the Titans, I don't know what's going on. Um, but who do you like in this one? I suppose Brimson's attracted a little bit of interest and was okay again on the weekend at the Titans. Brian Kelly is on a tear. Um, he's piqued a lot of interest as a pod to some people. Uh, what do you like there? And then I suppose at the Raiders, John Bateman is he a must-have. Yeah, Brian Kelly, I had a look at him before we, we came on here and I didn't realise how good his base is. He runs a lot, he tackles a bit without missing too much, a few tackle busts and offloads, so oh, it'd be, I'd find it very difficult for myself to buy a Titans back, but I'll give him credit, they're starting to play a bit better footy. Um, they're shifting the ball a lot earlier than they did early in the season, which is getting ball to the likes of Kelly. Um, so, look, I'm, I'm not against him as a buy. Just know that, obviously, he does play for the Titans, so they're not they're not certain to be that good from a week-to-week basis. But he'll get opportunity, and he's, he's a very good attacking player, Brian. So, yeah, I think he's an option for sure. Um, outside of that, there's probably not a whole lot to look at there. Fodder Waker at lock, that probably won't change his role too much, but maybe... That probably ensures him pretty reasonable minutes um, if you if you do own him. Um, Jamin Jolliffe, I remember that the story earlier in the year when I had to bring him in because I made a mistake in my trades one week. He's actually sitting on my bench as my 19th man and he's been averaging not far off 50. So <laughs> Jamin's doing a good oh, job wow. for me and I can't get rid of him because I keep getting injuries. So he's just staying true to the squad, Jamin Jolliffe. Um, at the Raiders, <clears throat> Bateman's... I wouldn't say he's a must, but I'll tell you what, the only reason he's not a must is because there are so many good back row options. I've sort of got a decision to make probably next week. I'm hoping Angus Crichton's back. That's who I'm really holding out for. But between Madison, Bateman, Crichton, and also David Fafita, you've probably got to fit in as many as you can there. Um People talk about stacking the halves, but tell you what, wouldn't it be nice owning all those guys in your back row, upside plus work rate? Um, I don't know if I'll be able to get Johnny in, but I'd love to own him, that's for sure. I'm with you, mate. There's a question coming up later, which may as well cover now quickly, but... We've spoken for weeks on end about, you know, ideally being able to stack your halves and play each each of the halves based on the, their fixture each week. But the more I look at it, the, the less I'm liking all the halves options outside of Munster, um, Cleary and SJ. And I'm looking at these back rolls going, gee, if you can have six of those absolute guns and just play them each week, um, that's what I'm looking at doing at the moment. Uh, whilst I'll go to you, mate, and what are your thoughts on, on these players? And, I mean, is John Bateman a must for you or is it a bit like the spy where he's – you're saying you sort of you can't really have everyone. No, when I look at the back rows, boys, I think Bateman is a must. 
Um, I'd want to finish the season with uh, Dave Fafita, Bateman, uh, Tamalolo, and then I think the other ones are, you know, that's up to your uh, up to your choice of, of who you have there. Um, I think you know Tohu Harris. Like if you were going for six back rowers, you know, I'd I'd probably add in Tohu Harris, um, McInnes, um, Madison. And, and then Ryan Madison. So yeah, like I mean, if you if you could get to a position where you had that, I mean, you got a pretty solid side. But obviously, you know, there's cash there as well. But yeah, I, I think with these sides, it's hard to tell. Brian Kelly goes on these tears, but then he comes back to the norm. Um, so I wouldn't get too carried away with him. He is playing for the Titans, and then I think Jack Whiten and George Williams. Either of them could go on a tear with the. Um, with the draw they've got coming up, but good luck picking who it is. Yeah, um, I won't be going anywhere near Brian Kelly for that exact reason. I can't bring myself to have an attacking play for the Titans in my side. Um, I've been against George and Jack um, all year, Supercoach options. They're just not that good, to be honest. They're not among the elite players, despite having the, the nice draw. Heaps of people sort of looked at going or did go Munster to Jack White last week. Um, warned him against it. He got about 40. George Williams was unbelievable last week. Gigi tore the Broncos apart, which probably isn't that difficult to do at the moment. But even so, I just I wouldn't be going either of them. I think there's far better options. And if, if that you meant playing them as you're on your bench as a set in your 17, surely you go with one of them back rails instead, even though they are probably a bit more expensive. Moving on to the Tigers and Roosters, Saturday, 5.30 p.m. at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, this is a game we would have been targeting Roosters players for big time based on how the Tigers' defence has been this year. All of a sudden, as Walson touched on earlier, not looking so threatening. Uh, and guys like Nofaluma, Luciano, Leilua, a few of them um, might be able to hold for another week. Um, but, yeah. At the Tigers, they are unchanged. Alex Twole has been named on the extended bench in 18 and is a chance of returning. At the Roosters, a couple of big ins for them with Brett Morris and Jared Warrior Hargraves returning from injury. Lachlan Lamb and Luke Keary are both out. Mitch Orbison out, all injured. Drew Hutchinson and Kyle Flanagan form the new halves pairing, uh, meaning COCY Takiaho, we expect, will be losing the kicking duties, which is a blow for those who jumped onto him. Uh, Spy, who do you like in this one? Um, at the Tigers, boys, I still own Luciano, and he has been outstanding the last month, the last six weeks, really. Um, he's been on sort of the trade block where I've been looking to get rid of him as a future target, but he just keeps holding on at the moment. And just with everything else going on, I'm probably just going to hold him one more week against a reasonable rooster side. And by the, this time next week, I'll be able to either hold on if he's still killing it, or I can trade to a Madison or Crichton or a Bateman, one of these guys. So um, I'm glad he's done a job for me. But at the Roosters, we've already spoken about Tedesco. That's that's a whole other discussion to have there. But I do expect him to bounce back at some stage. He's too good not to. He'll freshen up. Um, I very reluctantly sold Ikevalu last week. I think he's a gun winger and a gun supercoach winger. But with Tupo due back, I thought it was going to be this week, but he has to be very close to returning. Um, I thought it was very difficult to hold on to him, especially with a large break even. Outside of that, Roosters-wise, they're just not going that well at the moment, are they? Um, you wouldn't want to own Flanning at the moment until they find some form. I don't know, boys. I'm not sure. I think one for you, Tim, and anyone high up, Brett Morris, he's been outstanding this year. So if the Roosters can get their forwards back over the coming weeks, Brett Morris could be a huge target for the last sort of two to four weeks of the competition if he can look like he's going to maintain that sort of early season form that he did have. 
Yeah, definitely one to look at. But as I said, with the form the Roosters are in at the moment, off the back of their depleted side, you just can't go – I shouldn't say you can't go near them because they're still a terrific football team, but they're just not the same as what we've seen. Uh, and James Tedesco – Oh, I really fear for his supercoach scoring with Kiri out and still the likes of Boyd Corden, Angus Crichton out of that side because Luke Kiri is so vital to the scoring of Teddy. He, he plays so quick and fast at the line. He threatens the line so much and it opens up space for Teddy at the back. You look at it like Manly where someone like DCE or maybe a, a Lockie Croker or Cade Cus goes to the line. They, they peel off them and double up on uh, Tommy Trebojevic there, which creates space elsewhere. Kiri is so threatening when he attacks the line that they can't really peel off him. Teddy gets afforded that extra space and time, and we know what he does with it. Um, so without Kiri, really intrigued to see how Teddy scores. Whilst who do you like in this game? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the Roosters have uh, really fallen off a cliff from where they were earlier in the year. But, I mean, if you look at their side, it just shows you um, they've just been decimated by injuries. It's not the same side, so... You've got. I think we've seen enough evidence to show us that they're not the same side. In saying that, the Tigers um, look like they're a bit cooked, um, and you know they put up an effort for four or five weeks of really strict, uh, stingy defence, and I think that's gone out the window. And they're just sort of like probably going to play high-scoring games. So I think this could be a high-scoring one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but Kiri out worries me. Like, you know, when you talk about antipods, you know, what about the ultimate one, like Teddy? Would you antipod him, boys? You know, like, I mean, because the evidence has shown that, you know, he's he's probably not going to get those massive scores. And, I mean, it just sounds ridiculous because you think he's going to come back at some stage. But um, I think his last five rounds, he's, he's averaged pretty poorly. So um, would that just be an Just quickly there, whilst... Um I would have a worry there that they've got, as you said, they've got the Tigers this week who have been a little bit flaky of late. The Bulldogs went through them a few times and then the Roosters play Brisbane next weekend. So it would be a bold play to move Teddy on. Obviously, you do need to take those risks though. You could, maybe you do it, maybe you do it after the Brisbane match if you think he's not back to his best or the Roosters aren't back to their best. But it's a very interesting point, mate. Yeah, I don't think you'd do it for the Bronx. I think you're right, and I don't think you'd do it for the Tigers because that will be high scoring. Actually, when I look at their draw, they play South Sydney as well. That, that's likely to be a high scoring open game as well. So um, you'd have to really think about it. But they're certainly not. He's certainly not. You know, your lockdown captain option that we thought he'd be for the rest of the year. So um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting what what uh, a lot of people who started with no or have no foe and. And have Luciano Leilua do as well. Do they jump straight off now? They're coming into a tough part of the draw, or um, do you stick with them because they're still going to be focal points of their attack? Um, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting predicament for sure. Yeah, I'll, um, I said I've been a Luciano Leilua owner all season. I'll be jumping off him probably this week, but we'll see how the trades pan out. It could potentially wait a week now that the Roosters are so depleted, but I'd be jumping ship on all my Tigers players except Nofaluma, um, whoever you might own there. Boys, um, I will say, I meant to say to me, just on that, um, I noticed that in jump uh, 21, Sam Walker's name, there's been a bit of a blast. I can give you some inside Three years ago, I coached a um, rep side at the Queensland titles and uh, he was playing for 
whatever the the region was um, from Ipswich, and he got player of the carnival in that in that tournament, and um, he, he was outstanding back then. But you know, um, without being derogatory, not not anything to look at in terms of um, he's he's very similar to Kiri in his build, but possibly a little bit taller, but very small. Um, you know, but very tough and extremely smart player. So um, if he gets a run, he may open up the games of like Angus Crichton and things like that when he comes back uh, a little bit because I think if you look at Drew Hutchison and Kyle Flanagan, I don't think they're going to feed him the same sort of ball that that Kiri does. Yep. Um, love that because I uh, when I was at the telly a couple of years ago and I remember doing a story on that carnival and seeing what what Walker had produced. I think he went on and played Queensland 18s that year. Might have been last year, Queensland 18s. He had Xavier Coates sort of rose to prominence in that game as well. Um, Coates carved him up, but Walker was really good as well. Um, I'm pretty sure I've got the right game. I hope I do, but yeah, serious future for him. Son of uh, is it Chris Walker or Ben Walker? One of them. Yeah, he's the son of Ben Walker. But yeah, mine was three years ago when he was 15, and he yeah. But he's been a child prodigy since then. But like I said, I mean, um, I'm not sure what what sort of um, weights he's got into his body, but I think they're talking that he's still fairly light. But he's he's fairly lightweight. You know, if you if you sort of wanted to. Um, Liken him to a player, I'd say he'd be most like um, Luke Carey. So it's it's going to be interesting the future of of the rest. That's exciting, very exciting. Yeah, mm. which would uh, it'd complement probably Kyle Flanagan's style as well um, if he was to get a run. Um, so yeah, very interesting there. It'd be hopefully he does get a run and we get to see him play. But um, you know, Drewy Hutchinson's been off the bench, so maybe he does start as as named. Jump into a few bold predictions for the week. Recap last week because. Um, they're just absolutely grim stuff in the bold predictions. I'll tell you what, I'm pretty sure we're 0 from 9 this week. So Desi had Cook and Murray, 180-plus combining, no good. Payne Haas, 100-plus, no good, missed out by about two or three, so a little unlucky there. And then you had Latrell, 120-plus, and that missed out by about 70. I had Mooley Tarlow, two tries. I don't think he scored any. Then I had Brimson and Lomax, both sub-45. Uh, that was pretty optimistic. I think they were both in the 60s, so not too bad, but nonetheless fails. Uh, Adam, who debuted on the show last week, ripping debut, by the way, very Dean Vare-esque. Jared Croker, 100-plus, no good. Papali, 100-plus, no good. Cook, 120-plus, no good. So good to see him join the show and um, stick to our routine of being terrible at bold predictions. This week, Spite, what have you got for us? Tell you what. This bold prediction is on a Tuesday. I'm not in my zone yet, lads, but enough of the excuses. Champions don't make excuses, so here we go. Ponga and Cleary to combine in their separate games for 230-plus. I was trying to tinker with a figure, and I was like, look, if I was Tim Williams, I'd probably put 180-plus, but I thought it was bold predictions, so 230-plus for those boys. I'm going to go Stephen Crichton, 90-plus. I've actually got four this week. I'm just going to have a crack. Stafford Toa, 75-plus. Is that bold enough for a young rookie winger on the left edge? Or do you want 90-plus? What do you think? Well, mate, you're dishing out the uh, the abuse over here, so show some nads and go big. 85-plus for Toa. (laughs) And I think Shawnee Johnson, sub-55. Sub-50. I'll have a crack. I'll I'll have a real go. Set the example here, sub-50. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I'll chime in with mine and I also had SJ sub 50, so we're both on board with that one. 
pretty similar, actually. I have Ponga 120 plus. Uh, we'll get to it later. I think he'll be my captain. I think he could terrorize the Cowboys. Jerome Hughes, sub 50 as well. Um, I did write that before I sort of knew about his, him being in doubt this week, so that probably makes it a little less bold, but I'm going to stick with it anyway. Uh, Wallace, what have you got? On debut for bold predictions, by the way. Oh, yeah, bold predictions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is pretty tough, but I'll, I'll go. Um, I've got four here that I've just done up quickly while you boys were talking. Um, I'll go Lomax 100 plus. Um, you know, uh, Brian Toto 100 plus if he gets a run. Um, yeah, I think he'll go big. The right wing will be big in that game. So, if it's not Brian, yeah, if it's if it's not Brian Tito, it'll be Naden or whoever plays in that right wing. Um, yeah. Matt Dufty, a hundred plus, and Nick Arima, uh, eighty-five plus. Can you give us, based on those predictions, I'm intrigued. What's the scoreline going to be in the Broncos and Dragons? Um, I reckon Broncos will score a fair few points. I reckon it'll be something like. Uh, well, they're going to give up 30 because that's what they've been doing. So I'd say maybe 36 to 24, 36, 24, 36, 28, something like that. Dragons. Like it. What a game. Tune in. <laughs> yeah, 30 60 points plus. Definitely. Yeah. Lovely. That'll kill me. If there's 60 plus points and I don't know, Zach Lomax, it's going to be a tough watch. Come on the rain. Moving on to the Rabbitohs Seagulls, Saturday, 7.35 p.m. at ANZ Stadium. At the Bunnies, Liam Knight's suspension paves the way for Bailey Sirenin to return to the run-on side and hands Jack Johns his third career game off the bench, son of Matty Johns. Big weekend for the Johns. Johns. Seagulls, an ACL injury to standing fullback Brendan Elliott means Ruben Garrick returns to the back with George Tafua recalled on the wing. Marty Tapao is back at prop, which is huge for that side. Jack Taboy, which is named at lock. Corey Waddell back to the pine, and Jack Kazuski is out. Uh, Spy, any interest in this game, mate? <clears throat> yeah, South interests me a lot. Um, Damien Cook at the moment, as, as you'd know, Timmy, he just can't, can't quite get going. He, he took off a few times early last week, but then that same old thing, he'd stop at the line and then pass. He's not really willing to put that head down and go through at the moment or have a crack at it, which is obviously concerning for owners. He's still got a big base in that he makes plenty of tackles and he's always going to be a threat, but he's just a, a real concern, I think, at the moment for a player of his calibre, super coach-wise. <clears throat> Latrell Mitchell... It's almost the same thing week in, week out. He's probably just good enough to salvage a semi-OK score each week, but I'm standing by it. I wouldn't want to own him. Um, it doesn't look like 2020 is the year for him at this stage, maybe next year after a full-off season. And Cam Murray is an interesting one. I bought him two weeks ago, and two or three weeks, and each time he's been forced to an edge for large parts of the game due to suspensions and injuries. And as a result, his work rate goes right, right down. But he's still pumped out. He still gets near 60 each time. So I just want to see one game with him at lock. Hopefully it will be this weekend, barring any late sort of positional changes, just to see what he can pump out. But otherwise, I'll be able to move him on to one of those Madison-type characters next week. So one more chance for Cam. I love him as a player, but if he's going to be playing on an edge at all, he's, he just doesn't get the work rate that that he otherwise would. And I think it hurts the Bunnies as well because he's just so good in the middle. You need to get him some ball and let him do his thing. Over at Manly, Jakey Trojevich keeps going along very well, isn't it? It's good to see him back playing some nice footy and running the ball. Um, we know how good he is in defence, but it's good to see him running again. However, I think I 
I still have him just below the top tier guys, just by a nudge, just due to that probably lack of attacking stats with the ball in hand. He can pass to set up tries, but I just don't think he's going to score too many um, in terms of line breaks and tries for himself compared to some of the other boys. Yeah, with uh, with Liam Knight out this week, um, you've got two uh, genuine back rolls in Sua and, ba- Sua and Bailey Siren out there. So Murray should play all his minutes at lock, you would think. So fingers crossed he does um, for all his owners. I've been one all season and you're waiting for him and him and Cook to bust out that three-figure score and it's just not happening. I feel like we're saying the same thing with the Bunnies every week with their players. They're just hanging in without being great. Um, whilst any interest in this game for you? Uh, I've got Latrell and Dane Gago at the moment. I'm really, really comfortable. Gagai, mate. Yeah, I'm really comfortable finishing off the season with Gagai. Um, I actually thought I captained him, but my team and I actually captained Payne Ass, which I was happy about. Um, that ended up being a positive. But um, yeah, I think Latrell struggling. He he's a bit hit and miss at the moment, but he can have big games. But then his base is so low; his big games really aren't that big. So, um, yeah, I, I'd stay away from him. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and also um, I don't know. Like South really haven't got going at the moment, so um, I think Kate Cuss is a, a decent. Um, left field option um, but again both of these sides have got their own issues and I wouldn't be unnecessarily bringing in um, anyone from either of these two sides Mate when you told us in our Supercoach playbook chat that you were looking at captaining Dane Gaga, I blew up and, and then I got excited because I thought Origin had been moved forward and he was playing on the wing for the Maroons in 2008 or something. <laughs> I could not believe me when – couldn't believe when you said that. Oh, mate, have a look at his stats. He's killing it. I actually think he's playing pretty good footy and the fact is that, you know, that, that's that's what they do. They hit a right, they hit a right post and then um, mm. they're pretty lethal on that left um, – the, when they swing the ball, their shape out the back on the left-hand side, sometimes it leaves him um, free to score a try like it did against um, on the weekend, who they were playing on the weekend, I can't remember. But, um, yeah. yeah, like when the, he scored that try basically untouched on the weekend against uh, North Queensland, um, or it gives him a two-on-one where he sets up his winger. So um, I think he's a I think he's a pretty good option. Uh, what's he – he's um, – his five round average is is pretty decent too. I think so. His his five round ad, average is sixty two point two. His three round average sixty five point seven. But he's capable of putting a few tries together and try assists. So any easy game, it's probably match up dependent. Um, they play Manly, which I'd say is oh, it's, it's it's probably getting in the easier category. They're going to leak some points, Manly, but then they play Para Melbourne. But they finish off with West Tigers, Bulldogs, and Sydney Roosters. So probably three easy games, three tough games there. Yeah, well, and even prior to that five games, he had 142 against the Tigers where he scored a hat-trick. So I don't know where his move to the left edge came in, but it'd be interesting to get the numbers on that because it shows the difference between on the left and right edges for the Rabbitohs. Moving on to the Bulldogs versus Warriors, Sunday 2 p.m. at ANZ Stadium. At the Dogs, Will Hopawade returns from from injury at fullback with Nick Meany shifting to the wing and Marcelo Montoya out. Um, interesting pod for the run home, Will Hopawade, depending on how he comes back this week. Jeremy Marshall-King starts at hooker. Aiden Tolman 
at prop and round 14, debutant Matt Dury. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Dury, Dury, nah, Dury. All moving to the run-on side with Sione Kawa and Luke Thompson to the bench. Josh Jackson at lock. Dylan Napper suspended. Jake Avarillo returns on the interchange. At the Warriors, Hayes Perham gets his first game since round four, pushing Adam Pompey to the wing with Patrick Herbert out. Eliezer Katoa is suspended with Isaiah Papali'i in the second row and Jack Murchie recalled to the bench. Uh, Spy, probably not too much to talk about in this one from your point of view, mate, so I'm going to skip you and go to our Warriors expert, Walsh, who we haven't had for a while. Mate, run us through Jazz Tavanga. Um, why are they not giving him enough minutes? I don't know, mate. Um, I think Todd Payton's obviously not a super coach player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's I all I can think of, you know. He might just think that he's uh, he's got other options for, for them NRL-wise. I, I, I think, um, you know, Tavanga probably showed on the weekend. He can be a bit of a risk. Uh, he, he provides that second phase, but he does have a few errors in his game. So he, he was probably playing it safe and then put him back on a bit late. Um, and, they, yeah, he's just uh, – uh, it's it's interesting, their rotation, but you can't really trust it. I think you saw that from the weekend. What you can trust is that Tohu Harris is going to get big minutes and um, I think he's as solid as he's ever been. So uh, from a super coach point of view, you can lock him in. Uh, this – Bulldogs team is just puzzling. Um, like if Jake Avarillo is not a better player than Karen Holland, I'll give it away. But yeah, um, and then they put the Pommy back on the bench, and he, I thought he was going pretty well. And uh, the rookie comes in in back row, and he, he looked pretty solid. But I mean, not solid enough to put push it in a national that you brought over from England. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know whether it'll hold up or whatever. But it's. Coach relevant anyway. Boys, just quickly, yeah. I was if I was going to say anything on this match, Jay Cavarillo, as you said, Walsh, if he isn't one of their best attacking young players, if he doesn't start this weekend, I'll be blowing up Deluxe on my couch on Sunday Arvo, and I'm not playing him. I've dropped him already, but I love that young kid, so surely he gets a start. I love him. Yeah, when you can stand out in attack in a side like the Bulldogs, uh, as a youngster, you're doing something particularly good, aren't you? So surely come game day, again, it might be. He's coming off an injury. Maybe they want to play him limited minutes. I don't know. I'm sure there's reason behind it somewhere. Knights v Cowboys, Sunday, 4.05 p.m. at McDonald Jones Stadium. At the Knights, Daniel Saifidi has succumbed to another knee injury and a massive blow for the Knights. Brother Jacob starts at prop with Pasami Solo returning to the bench. At the Cows, Ruben Cotter replaces Jack Granville on the bench in the only change. I'll kick us off, lads, with uh, my weekly rant about Caelan Ponga as an enormous fanboy of his. Seriously, when Blake Crean came in two weeks ago, um, Ponga started playing on that left edge, absolutely tore them apart, looked exceptional, you know, came in, went to hooker, so there was a lot more um, attention placed on getting that ball playing on the left edge with Green being more of a an organiser, should I say. On the weekend, Ponga just back to that right edge again. We saw him bomb two or three tries with dud passes there. Um, he went back to the left edge for about the first time in the whole game in the last five minutes and set up the match winner with an absolute peach of a ball. Spy, what's doing? Mate, he literally went to the edge, the left edge twice and they scored untouched twice. Yeah. Like, we know how good he is there. I understand they might want to just develop him a little bit, but... Surely you can split the sides evenly, like float left and right 50-50. Even that I think is okay. Um, admittedly, they did open up a lot of space in that right edge, and 
he really seemed to struggle a little bit with the wind with that left to right pass. But, mate, he's so exciting. And as we said earlier, with with the new structures in place and the few positional changes, he's just getting more and more space each week. Knights seem to have a little bit of confidence back and Ponga is ready to go mental. I sort of – we've spoken about that that coveted 200-plus supercoach score all year. At some point this year, he's got to be a chance if he's on because, geez, he's looking good. Um, and I really like Stafford Toa on the outside on that left edge. Um, he seems to have a really strong kick return game, which gets him two points easily a lot of the time. He runs a fair bit, hopefully a few tackle busts. I actually think I'm going to bring him in along with Talakai this week as he'll almost well. be like my fifth centre. And Newcastle have some very easy matchups coming up, and I'll swap him in for Sevo when Sevo's got the tough matches. Um, I'm probably with some injuries, as I always discuss. So plans haven't gone my way, and I'm just going to throw the book out the window this week, I think, and bring him in. I've got a feeling he could be in for a, a really nice run home at a super cheap price. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. He's 245K, negative 25 break even. Games against the Cowboys, Warriors, Sharks, Roosters, Dragons, Titans for the run home. Um, if Ponga was favouring that left edge or even, as you said, playing 50-50 there, he'd be a serious option. He is anyway, but, yeah, anyway. Um, whilst plenty of options at the Knights, not too much at the Cowboys, what are your thoughts? They're up and down. They can put put on a score and look like they're going to be genuine contenders one week and then another week they just have a so-so performance. So, um and the Cowboys, well, uh, yeah, they're, they're just trying to find some form, I guess, um, this time of the year. I don't trust either team. So I think Clemmer's fairly solid if you're looking for someone to bring in for Haas, and I think a lot of people will bring in Clemmer. Um, if you're like you, Timmy, and you have Kurt Mann, stick with him because he's going well at um, Ooh, yeah. a number nine. Uh, Mitch Barnett, about pod. Um, and, yeah, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't touch anything from from the Cowboys, to be fair. Boys, um, just on Kurt, man, if you don't own him, he's a serious buy anyway with their run coming up and him playing in the nine jersey. He loves to run. He tackles a lot. Um, even if you've you've owned him previously, I don't mind getting him back in if you want to do that. And, yeah, Tim, David Clemmer, I've, I've owned him for the last month or so. He's looking to offload at every opportunity, and I can envision a game soon where he might end up with five or six. So he's getting up to that 70 mark pretty effortlessly at times and that could be 80 or 90 at any stage so i think you should yeah just keep an eye on him mate if you're if you're looking to replace us okay yeah well if he's um offloading at will and like really trying to i mean that's where we need to see a bit of a ceiling come with him for me to warrant buying him um i like to call on mitch barnett there's been a bit of interest in him this week 537k last four scores 84 68 62 and 79 played 80 minutes on the weekend had 64 in base in that Played 78 minutes back in round 11 and had 69 base there and just looking really, really good, really strong. He's had his injury problems in the past and then again this year. So hopefully he's got himself fit. But I don't mind him for the run home, particularly now that Daniel Saifidi's uh, injured and gone again. You know, good news for Clemmer, although when Saifidi was out earlier in the year, uh, Clemmer didn't actually play that many extra minutes. So I don't know how much it will impact him, maybe up his work rate a little bit. Um, but, yeah, Mitchie Barnett, if he's playing 80 minutes, I don't mind him. Um, that's it on the teams for this week, guys. Spy, what trades are you looking at? You touched on it before with Toa. Well, what are you thinking? <clears throat> I've literally got a list here of Talakai, Toa, Lomax, Kurtman, 
and Madison. Madison, I think I'm just going to wait a week. He's got Melbourne, who, despite being a little bit decimated, probably should be okay and reasonably tough. You know how good they are regardless of who they run on the side. But at this stage, Talakai in and Stafford Toa in. I'm definitely getting rid of Hammer, finally. It's going to make me very happy. He's great to watch in open space, but not a super coach option yet. And I actually forget who I'm trading Talakai for. But, um, yeah, so those two boys at the moment to basically bring in a really solid centre with attacking upside and just a bit of a flyer in Toa at a cheaper price, which could allow me to sit Sevo against Melbourne if I want to do it. Yeah, nice, mate. Um, yeah, the Madison one makes no sense this week. Give him another week. Make sure he doesn't cop a knock and goes off early. Playing against the Storm, just give him the week. Let him drop that price. And then, yeah, serious buy it. Bargain price next week. That's it. Uh, and, um, in, in, oh, sorry, boys. I was just going to say my skipper and vice-captain, I forgot to tell you. So I've got, I'm going to go vice-captain Cleary. I think he could go mental. Um, and because I'm only running with 18 guys this week, or 18 or 19, um, and my other two guys are decent, there's a real loophole opportunity. So if Cleary goes off, I'll take that. But otherwise, Caelan Ponga, Sunday, Arvo, strap in, boys. It's on. Like it. Whilst, what are your moves? Yeah, well, I'm just sitting with, 18 players at the moment because of obviously my tactics with the um, the loophole and nothing out players and and um, I've been sprung with uh, the two suspensions of Payne Haas and um, Eliezer Katoa um, on the same week. So and out of those 18 players, I've got one of them's Dane Laurie, which I think could drop out, which would be really good. I hope he does because um, that means Toto to- will play and another one's Avarillo so I don't really want him to play either unless he's run on but um, so I've, I'm, I've got, I'm in a bit of world of hurt at the moment but I think what I'm going to do is probably bring in Talakai or Brian Toto um, and then with my other one if I can somehow manage the money, bring in Bateman or something like that but um, it's going to take some manoeuvring for sure. Yeah, captain in VC. Oh, I'll be looking to go wide, just try and jag the thousand bucks or whatever you win for a weekly one. Um, <laughs> probably, uh, I don't mind Dane Gagai. <laughs> Seriously, mate, you've lost or, the plot. Or Brian Toto. So yeah, something something really left field like that. I think. Yeah, uh, get around him. I won't say a premiership hangover because you didn't win it last year, but yeah, you've got a runners-up hangover if I've ever heard one. You've got to have a crack, mate. I'm not. I'm not in thirty-second position like you, so I've got nothing to lose. Yeah. That's it. That's um, it. I'm a little undecided on my trades, but at the moment, I'm looking at Hass, Payne Hass to Papali. Not stoked on it, but as I said, I need need to trade Hass because I've got two nuffs in the front row. I'm um, looking at Papali, maybe Paulo, but I do like Papa's upside there. Yep. Uh, and then Luciano Leilua to Fafida this week as well. I really like Dave Fafida. I think pretty low break even there. Um, possibly a bit of a luxury trade, but I'm eyeing that off big time <clears> Actually, well. David Fafida's a good shout, mate. Yeah, I'll put him on, on my little list as well. Yeah. Do you have Bateman, Timmy? I do, yeah. brought him in uh, two weeks ago. Oh, nice, mate. Yeah, you're looking good. If you got Lolo, Fafida and Bateman um, as uh, your second rowers to finish off the season, you'll be right. I've still got Maddo as well. I held on to him through that. Ooh, nice. Uh, um, and then, yeah, unlike you blokes, I actually look after my squad, so I don't have a great shot at the VC loophole because I've got about 21, 22 players there. But, um, That's the I'm way not, to go. That's the way to go this year. Like any other year, I'd say. You know, um, my tactics would have been strong, but the amount of late withdrawals and then injuries and 
it's been a torrid season, so it's really backfired me on me somewhat. Yeah. Throwing COVID breaches and you know <clears throat> anti vaxxers and all this sort of stuff, it's just madness. So it's paid off this year, but it, you know it's, a, it's an obscure year. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with the spy. I'll be going VC Cleary and. I can't stay away from Ponga as captain. I think he could go really, really big on the weekend against the Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. Um, I would have been tempted by Teddy as a pod captain, which sounds really weird to say if Kiri was playing. But with no Kiri there, there's, there's too many uncertainties around that, so I'll be staying steering clear. I don't mind Teddy at all this weekend, boys. Back at Waikato, yeah. Tigers' defence can be flaky, but they've got a lot to play for, admittedly. Um, but as you said, it's decimated a little bit. And with the Cleary and Ponga matchups, that just sort of rules it out just by default. Yeah. Jump into a few questions, then we'll wrap it up. Uh, from Matthew Gibson, he says, Thoughts on getting Rapana and Sivo and rotating them based on matchup as Raiders seem to play an easier team when Para play a top team and vice versa. Uh, I threw that one in because, A, it's a good point in the sense of it's exactly what we've been talking about in stacking your your centre wings and playing them on these matchup-based games, and, and he's onto it. He's looked at it and seen there that Para and Raiders, you know, vice versa, play the easier opposition on different weeks. Um, so I like the idea. I'm personally not a huge fan of Rapana as a buyer this year. Just not sure how much output the Raiders outside backs have. Um, <coughs> buyer, what do you think, Rapana and Sevo? Mate, I'm a big fan of Sevo at that price. Obviously, I already own him, and as bad as he's been, he's, he's every chance of exploding any week, especially against the weaker side, so you've nailed that one. Um, I don't know about Rapana either. He's, he's not quite as good as he used to be. I mean, he used to be an absolute superstar. He was a gun, but he's a little bit older, and the way the Raiders are attacking, I just don't think their attack is as good as someone like Newcastle. So why not have a look at my man uh, Stafford Toa and – maybe bring him in, just see how that matches up with Sevo's tougher games. But you're on the right track, mate, in terms of just rotating through those easier matchups to give yourself a chance each week. The idea is good. Yeah, nice. Um, good shout on Toa. Uh, maybe, yeah, I said, if they match up the fixtures there, Toa and possibly Sevo. Sevo next week is going to be about 350K, which yeah. is ridiculous. I'm actually looking to bring him, him in next week um, for the games against like the Broncos. They play the Tigers. They play the Warriors. Um, so, yeah, a few to consider there. But Sevo next week looks a good buy despite his pretty ordinary form. Yeah. Um, whilst Callenbro asks Murray to Fafida, would you be doing that? Yeah, pull the trigger. Yeah, I like it as well. I'm, I'm holding Murray, but I can absolutely see why you'd be selling. His output hasn't been that good this year. Spy, Colin asks... Bateman, Maddo, or Tohu Harris for the run home? Tough. Ooh, Bateman, Maddo, or Harris. I think upside-wise, you go to Maddo, Maddo or um, Bateman, and then it's out of those two. So I think I would say I think Maddo will average more, but I'm, there's no certainty in that. Bateman's on fire. He's got he doesn't have as big a base as Maddo, so you can sort of lock in Maddo's points, then hope for his try. I would take I would take Maddo, but only just. Whilst who would you go of the three? Sorry, Maddo, Bateman and Tohu. Yeah, I'd go Bateman. Yeah. I'd I'd go Maddo, but from next week. If you had to do it this week, I'd just go I'd probably go Bateman, but yep. if you can wait a week with it, um, I'd probably go Maddo next week. Yep, good call. Uh, Lockie Mackay asks, 
Is it worth moving – we've spoken about this a little bit, but is it worth moving Teddy on for a gun in another position considering most of the key players at the Roosters are injured? Uh, we've touched on it, but Spy, would you consider selling Teddy or not? I'd consider it. Um, I wouldn't do it, and I'd probably take but, a close yeah, I'd say look. you're in a position to do it. Your team's set up well. You can afford to do it. Yeah. Um, I think – I'm going to say no, I wouldn't. But if I'm in a position like if you're in the top 50 or something and you really just want to throw the kitchen sink at it then or the top 100, whatever it may be, then, you know what, risks win premierships, as they say. So I, I'm not against it. I personally wouldn't do it, but I'm not totally against it. I think you probably want to wait till after the Brisbane match next week, though, as I said earlier. Walsh, any merit in selling Teddy? There is, but, yeah, I think you'd be madness to do it. When he's coming up against the Tigers and and the Broncos, I mean, wait wait till after that game and reassess and see where the Roosters are at at that time. How long's Kyrie for? Uh, what is it? Maybe four to six weeks. It's it's lengthy enough. I think he's back this year, but for at least a month, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, and those two weeks give you a chance to have a look. Like you know, maybe maybe they do sneak in Sam Walker and he kills it, or, or you know, mm. you'll get it. You'll get a fair <laughs> idea what sort of ball he's going to get and what sort of role he's going to play. So um, I think he's going to score reasonably well against both those sides. I, I th- I'd say he'll score 80, 80 plus against both sides just just by stepping on the field. Cordner and Crichton back potentially next week as well, which is going to help him so much. Real dangerous edge back rowers. He sort of needs that extra attention away from him, I think. Yeah, for what it's worth, I would not be trading him for a million years. They get these players back, kill it. No way would I be trading him. Mr. Smith asks, is Whiten to George Williams sideways look completely dominant over Whiten on the weekend? Spy? I would just, I wouldn't want either of them. Um, I'd definitely prefer George out of the two, but I'd be looking elsewhere um, out of both those options. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd, I think it's very sideways if you're doing that, but again, I'd be looking elsewhere um, as well. A uh, good one for you, Wiles, because you've got interest slash want to own these players. Matthew Broom asks, do you like Brian Kelly, Dane Gagot, or Brian Totter, assuming he's, if he is to be named to start, as pods for the run home? Yeah, I really like Totter. Um, I, I've always liked Kelly as a player, so I wouldn't knock it, but I'd be very, I'd be very wary of what you're going to get. He normally goes tears and then, you know, four to five game tears and then he – and then things slow down a bit. But, um, yeah, I think Toto and Gagai are two of the best um, pods on the run home for sure. Yeah. Um, we, we'll wrap it up here with Nigel Plum's shoulder. Um, he just gets a free bait in the questions every week. Cause of the name. Yeah, well earned. Um, yeah. He says, part one of the question, is Murray to Tohu slash Gerbo slash Crichton, if named, which he wasn't, um, sideways, spy, Murray to one of them guns? I think it is a bit sideways. If it was Angus Crichton, I'd say it's a good upgrade, but the other two, yeah, I probably wouldn't be doing it, I don't think. Yeah, and then part two of it, I'll go to you, Wiles. Lots of interest in the Dragons, obviously, because their upcoming run against the three Queensland teams. Looking at their next three weeks, thinking about taking a punt on one of their wingers, who would you pick out of Ravalawa and Pereira? Yeah, I've never really been keen on Ravalawa, but... uh... He does play outside Lomax, doesn't he? So that makes him more interesting. I thought that was a career-defining game for him um, on the weekend. I thought he was outstanding. That's the best he did game. He play well. 
he, he played really well, and he, and he, he was up against Sebo, wasn't he? So I mean, that's a that's a pretty decent matchup. So he might take a lot from that, and he might kick on from it. But I've always preferred Pereira um, because of his breakability, but. His scoring ability, like I said earlier in the pod, is going to be dependent on getting the ball on that left-hand side and throwing those cutout passes. So, um, yeah, I don't think I've answered your question there, but I think there are pretty decent options for the next three weeks. So just just to have a, have a bit of a close look at it and back yourself and go with the one you think will go better. Yeah. Um, if it was me going with him, I'd be looking at you and Aitken. I'd be looking at – I don't like Dufty because I think there's already too many good fullbacks in, in – I think Ponga and um, Teddy is the way forward. But I think I like – if you don't own Lomax, obviously Lomax, then even you and Aitken ahead of both of them. Um, but merit in both of them and they're, they're, they're huge pod plays. Uh, that's all for this week, guys. Thanks for tuning in, Spite. Thanks, boys. That was really enjoyable. Good chat. Well, strong return, mate. Yeah, cheers, lads. Um, Timmy. It's like you've never been gone well. It's beautiful. <laughs> I think I was a bit rusty, but anyway, boys, <laughs> I had a crack. That's it. All right. Cheers, guys.